and welcome to this edition of Pharmacy Magazine's In Conversation With podcast. My name is Richard Thomas and this week I talk to the Managing Director of Rowlands Pharmacy, Nigel Swift. Nigel was appointed as Deputy Managing Director of Phoenix UK in September 2021 and with that came the responsibility of running the UK's fourth largest pharmacy chain. His career has included spells at Lloyd's Pharmacy, Silesio and McKesson, where he was involved in the marketing, sales and operations side of the business in the UK and in Europe. And before joining the Phoenix Group, he was at Well Pharmacy. Nigel talks about how Roland's pharmacy teams rose to the challenge of COVID and the digital transformation of the business alongside its bricks and mortar services offer. We discuss how the company is dealing with the current workforce challenge, and what the future looks like for the multiple and, indeed, community pharmacy as a whole. But I started by asking Nigel for his first impressions of the Rowlands business. It's really been really exciting. Before I joined and was talking about joining the business, um, a lot of people talked about the culture in, in Phoenix, and, and obviously that includes Rowlands. And it's a culture of people really helping each other across departments, a culture of really wanting to do well and a culture of trying to change things to, to keep ourselves relevant. Uh, and I can say after a few months in that that's all true. It's been really, really exciting in the first few months. Um, I think the state of the business, I think our biggest priority in the business, if you like, and, and, and reflects the state is our people. Um, it's a massively ever-changing environment with people and, and right across the UK, so not a Rawlins issue or a Phoenix issue, across the UK there are people challenges within, within pharmacy, whether that's pharmacists or actually colleagues or um, uh, technicians. It, there's, a, there's a challenge right across the business, but we need to embrace that and see how we move forward with it, I think. Um, we've got, luckily in the Rawlins estate, we've got a really dedicated, passionate workforce uh, and we've got a really highly qualified team. And, and, and the challenge now is how can we best use that team to serve our communities to, to the best of our, our ability? So we're just reviewing now our people strategy um, to understand a few things around, one, how do we attract new people into our business? Uh, two, more importantly, how do we retain, retain the people we've got? And the, we, we talk, obviously, constantly talking to the teams in in the pharmacy to try and understand what 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 their needs are at this moment in time. And there's a lot around people want more flexibility. They want career development. Um, it's given they want fair remuneration. And we have to work towards that to make sure we retain our, our really uh, the best people. And also we need to be out there to attract new people into our sector as well. And it's fair to say across the UK, the, pharm- the community pharmacy is competing with primary and secondary care for pharmacists. So it, it, it's how we all work together to make sure we can still provide service in our communities. Yeah, so let's pick up that um, workforce and recruitment challenge. I mean, we're, we're speaking the day after Health Education England released yeah. uh, the results of its its latest workforce survey, um, which showed that community pharmacies are, are struggling to fill vacancies. Is that uh, a situation that, that you recognise at Rowlands? Definitely, yeah. And, and right across the sector, I think, and reading the report, and for me, there were no real surprises in there. If you look at the the vacancy rates and it broke down, whether they were technicians, um, whether they were just colleagues in pharmacy, I think it was 12% and 16% vacancies across the country. Um, we're not quite that high, but we've definitely got challenges in pockets of, of the country. Um, and the same that then goes for, for pharmacists. It's really difficult um, at this moment in time to attract 
new pharmacists into our business. And our, our biggest focus at the minute is retaining the, the pharmacists we've got, uh, whether that's looking at how we can develop their careers, um, develop their um their work work life balance in, in pharmacies. So, do they want to work part time? Do they want to stop working weekends? Everything we need to look at and and investigate. But I can't see any major changes, um, Richard, in, in in the near future where all of a sudden there's going to be lots of pharmacists available. I think that's more about us working uh, right across the different care sectors to see if we can uh, balance the uh, work workforce. Yes, it's certainly no short short term solutions. No, and and one person's workforce crisis is an is another person's kind of working conditions crisis. So it sounds as if you're you're doing a a, a lot to, if you like, improve or enhance the working conditions for your pharmacy teams. Again, in, within the rural estate and across the UK, the pharmacy teams are really really tired. That they've had two years of COVID now. They've really stepped up to the mark. And I think people are coming to a point now where they're rethinking a lot. People are rethinking the careers, they're rethinking where they want to live in the country. And we have to be really open to all of those things now that our workforce want. Um, And whether that is they want to work in in a more clinical environment for two days a week, so they only want to work with us three days a week. Those kind of things we really need to look at at and and adapt. So let's talk about the, the funding situation, Nigel. Now, both um, Steve Anderson in, in the latest edition of Pharmacy Magazine, actually, and Newmark's Jeremy Meader on the podcast have, have both uh, spoken out very strongly about the funding situation. What are you doing at Rowlands to mitigate the effects of the cuts? I think we have to look at different opportunities we have. And again, across the country, everyone's struggling with, 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 the, with the funding cuts. But what else can we do? Um, to enhance um, our pharmacies standing in community and, and two major things for me that we can look at right across the board and and the role in the state for me is first and foremost we're Newmark members so out of, out of the whole of the um, the Newmark members four and a half thousand members Rollins are primarily a Newmark member so what can we do and what can we be successful at and then share that with the members I think that's a really important part for me but two real things is one is is our services uh, proposition um, and again, the contracts have, for the last few years have been moving away from dispensing and more to services. So how can we help then ease the burden with the GPs and, and the hospitals? So provide more services to keep people fitter longer. Um, so, so for me, there's huge opportunities in that, whether that's around CAS or uh, Pharmacy First or the NMS service. It's, it's how we interact with the patients in our communities. So the, the pharmacy bit for me, the biggest change this last couple of years has been around COVID and COVID vaccinations. And, and I think that's really stood out and made pharmacy come to the, the forefront of, you know, we are one of the biggest healthcare providers as well, and we can really help um, with the pressure on, on the GPs. And we've opened 46 COVID vaccination sites now. So again, that for me, it's, a, it's another way to show that services really work in community. And, and people sometimes don't want to travel. They want their, their services in their communities. So we're looking at a few things around um, the NHS services. What can we do there? But also we have to listen to the customers and patients in the communities about what private services they want. So whether that's a, a service and really relevant just now in January, we've launched a couple of weight management services in, in, in our pharmacy estate. And that's just listen to what the customers want. And that's been really successful in the first couple of weeks of launch. Um, I think we've got to look at other services. And I think at some point travel will come back. In the meantime, is it around um, 
PCR, uh, LFT testing um, it, until travel does come back online. We're also looking at other private services, for example, chickenpox. And, and a, real, a real new service we've launched only the last couple of months, um, not, very, not very glamorous, but it's one that the customers have really talked about, and it's earwax removal, believe it or not. And we've had lots of feedback about GPs stopped doing that service. And where we've launched that, we're actually booked up for the first three months. Patients have really, really come on board with that. And we see new people through our pharmacy doors because of that service we're offering. So we've got to keep working to develop the services in our communities. Yes, indeed. And um, on the operational side of things, though, and um, before the pandemic, I think you were divesting you know, a few pharmacies, a couple of dozen yeah. or so, and, and reducing opening hours are those um strategies that you're you're continuing to pursue definitely yeah i mean we, we, we have to look at every pharmacy individually and look at the future of that pharmacy and you, you'll, you'll know yourself it's publicly uh, available data but if, if we look from 2019 to now there's 536 pharmacies closed yeah so those bricks and mortar pharmacies have been removed from communities um, primarily like 95% of those are, are in England. So we will look at each ph- uh, pharmacy um, and look at its merit and, and try and plan for the future, but also adding back into that, what can we do on other areas of if it's not dispensing, what about services? And we have to be relevant to, to, to what our customers and patients want, and we need to be right exactly where they want us. So if they want us in the community and it's working for us, we have to remain there. But you'll, have, you'll know as well that there's a move to, online uh, dispensing as well and we've seen if you look at the september data it was uh, which is the last data i've got there's the the prescriptions online moved 6.7 percent prescriptions moved online so that customers and patients want that too and we have to be relevant with our, uh, to have bricks and mortar and an online solution so we have to be truly omnichannel yeah so one of the the last trips i did i think before the first lockdown was was um, to see your your new hub and spoke dispensing oh. facility. So, I mean, maybe could you tell us a little bit more about your your digital transformation combined with with your bricks and mortar offer? I mean, omnichannel does seem to be the way to go, doesn't it? I think it, I mean it's there in every industry, and and I think pharmacy obviously is following suit. We just have to get a bit quicker and smarter at it. I think. Our number one priority is around one urban spoke is about releasing some time in pharmacies. So the pharmacists are released to do more services and have more interactions with our customers and patients. And, and what we're looking for as soon as the legislation changes with hub and spoke is then obviously we'll offer that to our new mark uh, customers if they want to uh, take that up to release uh, more time in pharmacy. And then obviously the, the online piece around the, the Air Pharmacist app, you'll be aware of that, uh, that's been recently launched. Again, we need to offer that where patients patients are looking for different solutions. Sometimes they don't want to come to a pharmacy. So it could be a mix of they want an online script, but that could be delivered back into pharmacy as a click and collect for them. But then there can be a face-to-face interaction with the, with the pharmacist or team in pharmacy around, um, around services. And it, it's a, we, we have to move towards that because we're seeing that shift. Um, if I look for the last 12 months, so in it, if I go back three years, I think it was 3% prescriptions were online. There was a big jump then um, when COVID arrived, people were just nervous to go out and about. 
In the last 12 months, it's moved about 0.8%. So it was at 5.9% this time last year. It's now at 6.7%. So it is growing. So we, we have to put that um, option out there for our customers and patients and, and offer that to our new members as well. So what does the future look like for Roland's and indeed for, for community pharmacy in general? I think I think there's a few things. I think we, we can break down the different countries. Um, but overall, if I look, it's it's definitely still challenging and I can't see that changing in the, in the near future. What I can see is opportunities. And I've mentioned around the services piece and, and little talked about as well. I, I definitely see an opportunity in OTC uh, for pharmacy in, in the UK. Again, a lot of items have been removed from prescription. We've got weird perfectly placed in community to discuss and, and have conversations with our patients. And, and, and what they're telling us now is they really want help with their well-being. So what other products and, and things can we offer out there? Um, and we're looking at, in the Rawlins estate now, looking at uh, our categories, looking at our um, products that we're, we're selling in pharmacy. And, and we're going to really focus more on our, our, our one USP in, in OTC, which is our, our PMEDs, our pharmacy-only medication. You know, people have to come in to our pharmacy for that pharmacy strength medication. It's a perfect opportunity to have a conversation with them and to really try and enhance uh, their health and make them feel better quicker. Uh, and we're doing that in the Rulands piece now. And I, I want us to be famous for something within within the Rulands estate, famous for something around how can we help people. And, and one thing we've started looking at now is on pain management. Um, we know in the UK there are 10 million people suffering from pain at this moment in time. We know an appointment to see a pain specialist, it was at six or seven weeks. It's now moved to 10 or 11 weeks because of the backlog. Mm. Yeah. So we want to be there, position in community that, that, that patients and customers can walk in and have a conversation around their pain and how we can help to, to manage that for them. Yes, I mean, there, there certainly will be opportunities for pharmacy. You would have thought as the NHS begins to uh, recover from, from COVID um, and you've highlighted, you've highlighted a couple there, Nigel. I mean, just to finish up uh, and, and reflecting, I suppose, on on the COVID crisis, and you've already mentioned the you know the fantastic efforts by uh, by Rowlands on the vaccination front, and I'm sure lots of flu vaccines as well, which really exactly. highlighted um, how vital pharmacy is on the, the front line of primary care, but also the you know the continuity of, of care the community pharmacy has provided under difficult circumstances over the last couple of years. How proud are you of the efforts of the Rowlands family? Uh, massively proud, massively proud. And I mentioned earlier, people are, are getting to a point where they're really tired, the teams in pharmacy now. But Richard, when you're out and about and, and you can hear the, the colleagues talking to customers and patients and the customer patients are coming in, bringing gifts into the pharmacy constantly and thank yous for helping them through this last couple of years. It's so rewarding. I, I genuinely think where, where we're positioned in community, I think pharmacy is a kind of calling, if you like, for, for our pharmacists, obviously, for our colleagues in pharmacy. They could work somewhere else for the same money, but they choose to work in community pharmacy because they add in value to that community. They know almost every patient that walks through that door and the patients know we're going to be open and we're and available for conversation. So really, really proud of where we are, what they've done, um, and, and excited for the future as well. My thanks to Roland's Pharmacy's Nigel Swift. All the podcasts in the In Conversation with series can be found on the Pharmacy Magazine website, pharmacymagazine.co.uk, or from your usual podcast provider. 
Our regular Talking Pharmacy podcast will be back next week. But for now, thanks very much for listening.